It doesn't matter where he comes on her fanny tits or bum. <laughs> it's the E4 Otherbelly Podcast with Richard Melvin. So we just finished recording the show. All the guests left and the audience is still. What do you think? Did you enjoy the show today? Yeah! We had Rob Beckett. He was nice. What do you think of Rob? Like him? Yeah. Nice. Big smile. Nice big smile. Then Paul Foot. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Foot. And then Claudio Doherty. What a charming lady she was. What an absolutely lovely lady, Claudio Doherty. And Christine Levine. Quite frankly, I was terrified. Could you tell? <laughs> Uh, we had Gavin Mitchell, who's Bobby the Barman from Still Game for People in Scotland, which is great. And a fantastic sketch at the end. You've got Keep Listening right to the end for Foil, Arms and Hog, who smashed out the part. But we started off with some visual magic um, from Piff the Magic Dragon and his dog, Mr. Piffles. <laughs> Piff the Magic Dragon. You might have heard of my older brother. <laughs> Colin. This is Mr. Piffles. So we're gonna do a trick, so we need to get somebody from the audience. We're gonna choose something entirely at random. What's gonna happen is I'm gonna turn around on the count of three, I'm gonna throw Mr. Piffles <laughs> into the audience. Whoever he lands on or near that's who's gonna choose a card for us. So hands in the air like you just don't care. Here we go. One, two. Literally four people have their hands up. <laughs> Thanks for caring. All right, we're just going to find a nice princess. You, man, what's your name? Robin. Robin, a round of applause for Robin. Join you on stage. Go, Robin, get up here. Push them out of the way. Kick them in the face. Come on, Robin. Chop, chop. I've got to be at Legoland. Reach and grab a card, Robin. Any card. Have you got a pen, Robin? No. <laughs> Shit just got real. Write your name on the front of the card, Robin, or your phone number. Just jot it down. On the front of the card. Okay, you done that, Robin? Yep. I don't want to see the card, but I do want you to show your card to Mr. Pilwell. So take him. Come on, Robin, take him. He's dead to me. Lovely. <laughs> Perfect, Robin. Show him the card. Make sure he remembers. Bear in mind, Robin, you can't trust him. You can't trust him as far as you can throw him. And that's a bloody long way. So just make sure he remembers what the card is. Have you done that, Robin? Robin's placing a card back in the deck. Lovely. Show it around. I'm going to shuffle up the cards, Robin, as I shuffle the cards. Say stop whenever you wish. <laughs> Just there, no problem, Robin. Earlier on, I gave you something very special to me and I'd like it back. Had the pen, is quite expensive. <laughs> Thanks very much, Robin. Lovely. Now, I'm going to get you to hold on to the playing cards. You hold on to the playing cards. I'm going to take the dog from you. There are the cards for you. Guard those with your life, pass me the dog in. Lovely. Mr. Bill is going to try and find Robin's card. If he manages to find Robin's card, he's going to win a very special prize today. A very special prize for a very special doggy. An entire year's supply of dog food. Oh, do you remember food, Mr. Piffles? Do you remember March? So that's for you, Robin. <laughs> Just take one step back. Lovely, on the count of three, Robin, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw Mr. Piffles towards you. It's your job to defend the cards with your life. You can do whatever you want to stop him getting the cards, Robin. You can slap him out of the air with a can as he comes flying towards you. You can punch him in the face. You can do a combination when you knock him out of the can, punch him on the way down. Whatever it is, Robin, that stops him getting the cards, it's up to you. Here we go, Robin, on the count of three. One, ready? That's it, two. Sorry, just got a little technical issue. Mr. Pivles says he's forgotten Robin's card. <sighs> I'm just going to teach Mr. Pivles a little lesson. Come here. Come on. Come here. There we go. <laughs> I think that's the last time he's going to be forgetting Robin's card, isn't he? 
All right, Robin, Mr. Pills is going to have to find your card a different way. We're going to play some behind the shroud of mystery. Come on. Come on, into the shroud. Into the shroud. Stop yawning. That's it. Now, Mr. Pills is going to try and find Robin's card uh, with a sense of smell. To heighten his sense of smell, we're going to blindfold him. Oh, still, Mr. Piffles, here comes the darkness again. Oh, you love the darkness. Okay, Robin, you're going to come over here. You're going to place the cards in with Mr. Piffles. He's going to try and find your card. You ready, people? Yeah! Robin, place the cards, just the cards, in with Mr. Piffles. Pop them down there. Mr. Piffles, whenever you're ready, find the cards. Robin, ladies and gentlemen, is that your card? Yeah, Robin, there she is. Piff the Magic Dragon there and Piffles, and he's at the Pleasance Dome, no less, at 10 past 7 until Monday the 26th. Get along and see his show. Give him a round of applause. Fantastic stuff there. What a way to start the show. Now, this guy uh, started performing stand-up just three years ago, and since then he's received awards and nominations from all over the world. He's been described as twinkle-eyed, likeable, and gifted. It is the charming Rob Beckett. Hello. We all right? Yeah. I've never followed a magic dog. Good, I'm Rob. I'm from South East London, Lewisham. Anyone in from Lewisham? Never is, um, to be honest with you. I don't get it. The train station's always busy, but they're not coming here. I don't, I don't know where they're going. Um, it's got a bit of a bad reputation, Lewisham I'm from. It's not too bad. It's a little bit stabby, not going to lie. Right? But if you accept the fact you're going to get stabbed at one point, the fear goes. And you can get on with your day. And then when you get home and you've not been stabbed, it's like a little bonus. You know what I mean? Well, you look at it. I've got a bit of a working class background. Any working class in? Middle class? Right, you're not upper class. <laughs> you've scrubbed up well, but that's a different level. All right? It's a bit confusing, though, class, to be honest. If you're not sure, you can do a test to see if you're working class or not. Um, you're normally working class if your television is bigger than your bookcase. <laughs> that's how it works. Say so you'll have a 50-inch plasma on the wall and then a little Billy bookcase from Ikea <laughs> with DVDs on it normally. Uh, sometimes books, books like I Knew the Cray Twins, You Mug, stuff like that. <laughs> or, a, or a copy of Da Vinci Code when your mum got a bit cocky. Uh, <laughs> so I will read it, Rob, I will read it. All the girls have been talking about it, I've got to read it. The girls are her mates, by the way. I don't know why she calls them the girls. There's five of them combined age of 298. <laughs> Um, but she, she, don't, she does read, she reads Martina Cole books. She loves Martina Cole. It's always about women gangsters, Martina Cole books. If you've read one book, you've read them all. It's always the same blurb on the books. It's always like, she was a good girl from a bad family, just had to bend the rules to get her away. I'm like, that's Matilda, isn't it? <laughs> it's been written. I, um, like the first time I properly knew I was working class, I remember I was uh, reading an interview with this posh bloke, right? I asked him what his hobbies were. He put down rowing, I read it as rowing. <laughs> I was like, he loves kicking off this bloke, doesn't he? Right? <laughs> Who's telling the paper like a tear-up? What's he doing? I, like, I did love the Olympics, though. The closing ceremony was a little bit of a letdown compared to the opening, I think we can all, all agree. But they just wheeled on loads of bands you haven't seen for about 20 years. I was expecting Shanks and Bigfoot to do Sweet Like Chocolate Boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, George Michael, chucking out new material. Was he playing? Did you see it? Oh, a bit of a boo there for Michael. <laughs> I think he was, he was misunderstood. I think he was trying to do fusion music, like a tribute. Because I think he thought, right, I'll dress up as Bono and do a Cher song, right? <laughs> and he did it. 
And then Brazil showed us what to expect from the next Olympics with their presentation, didn't they? Um, I think we can all agree after that six minutes we should be expecting a shit little advert. That's, uh, <laughs> I'm up for a totally tropical Olympics, I don't know anyone else. Things are like, I really love doing comedy. Like, I love being up here and stuff. My girlfriend worries a little bit. Like, she likes me doing comedy, but she gets a bit worried because I'm up here like, the whole month. I think she's worried I might cheat on her or something like that. Right? But I never would. I love her a bit, so I always try and reassure her. Then I reassure her with a classic Paul Newman quote, and I say to her, look, why don't I go out and have a burger when I've got steak at home? Right? But the problem is, when you're pissed, burgers are well nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rob Beckett. Be lucky. Cheers. How are you doing? Not too bad. I just saw your little secret banana you've got there. Little secret, just in case. Just in case. Just in case At I what point are you going to crack that open, though? Like, well, just wait a minute. Just have yeah. a banana. <laughs> well, you never know. You know, you've been doing really well. I mean, everywhere I turn, I see your big poster with the nice ice cream. That's a lovely. That yeah, a it's lovely a bit of a picture. stupid face, but if you've got a stupid face, you might as well use it. That's it. <laughs> Anything to get people in. But yeah, it's going all right. People are turning up and leaving us happier, happier than they yeah. came. That's yeah, yeah. the main thing, isn't it? Yeah, totally. And you've been doing some massive gigs. Now, we did the Amnesty International Stand Up for Freedom gig together this uh, last week. Yeah, yeah, it was good, wasn't it? It was at the EICC. EICC. Yeah. That was the biggest, certainly the biggest gig I've ever done in my life. But uh, yeah, you've been doing bigger gigs than that since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did the, the Festival Theatre one last night, oh. like the gala one. The go, um, where you do five minutes and there's loads of acts on, which was like two, nearly over 2,000 people. It's quite a lot. You always know, but the, the more pressure the gig, the longer it takes to get to the stage from the dressing room. Yeah. So the bigger the gig, it takes ages to get there. There's flights of stairs involved. You need someone to take you there. And then, so that normally when there's a smaller room, you get, you're straight on the stage. Yeah, totally. You're less time to worry. That's what you need. That's the optimum worry time down. But do you think it's easier if there's more people in the room? Because, you know, I've done gigs in front of 12 people and it's like, that's hard. That's really hard. Cause yeah, because yeah, what's well, the thing? Yeah, because if, you if you're doing 2,000 people, if half laugh, you've got 1,000 people laughing. Yeah. If you're doing a room at 20, if half laugh, it's 10. Yeah. It's not yeah. ideal. Yeah. So it's good, but then if you don't make anyone laugh in 2,000, you're really rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the thing. You're setting yourself up to fall. If, if you're trying to be funny in front of 2,000 people, everyone goes, nah, I don't fancy it, mate. Oh, God. I mean, yeah. one of you must, at least. <laughs> yeah, someone. I, my mum was in as well. That's what annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> I know I mean, how She'd that have feels. me back. Yeah. Um, but uh, you say, you talk there and you stand up about working class roots. Definitely. What do your friends think about what you're doing? Have you ever had any, like, swanky gigs where they've all sort of turned up, 20 of them, causing chaos or anything like that? Well, I try and avoid telling them when I'm doing those sort of gigs. Yeah. But because like, my family moved down to Margate, so what I do is when I'm doing a new show, I'll just book a theatre in Margate and get all my family in, which is normally about 100 people, and just do one of the most stressful gigs ever in front of them. Because when I do my shows up here, I put a lot more stuff in than they probably would like me yeah. to say about yeah, my yeah, family. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. show's all about my family. And I think if you, it's all like true stories as well. But sometimes, you know, Auntie Carol don't want me to tell her about things that her son's doing. <laughs> <laughs> what is her son doing? No, well, I've got a joke if I say it where I say, I, my mum's proud of me doing comedy because she's just happy that I'm not in South East London in prison or impregnating people. <laughs> That's what my cousins are for. <laughs> and I say, you laugh, but there's a lot more blonde children in Welling thanks to my cousin Steve. <laughs> Which is a fact. <laughs> Excellent. Well, listen, Rob, your show, Summer Holidays, on at the Pleasance Courtyard at six o'clock. Uh, make sure you get along and see that. It's one of the hottest tickets in town. Can you stick with us for a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, stick with us for a little bit because now it's my great pleasure to Welcome back to the stage, our first returning guest here, the very wonderful and wonky Paul Foote, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Last time you were here, we uh, were led to believe it wasn't actually you, and there was a court case unfolding. Yes, that's right. Last time, 
uh, I was unable to attend, so I sent in my uh, stunt double <laughs> That's right. version of me. So I have no idea what happened, of course. Well, he was telling us about the beef pie, the beef burger, and the beef pies that you were making, yes, and yes, the, yes. your staff who make them, and that kind of thing. Well, he told me that later, yes. Yes. That was before I sacked him. Yes. I don't use that stunt d- double anymore. Have you got a new one now? Uh, no, I do it all myself now. <laughs> uh, try and uh, save money with the recession and so on. It's easier to just be myself rather than always employing people to be me. Yeah. It was uh, an extravagance too far. Yeah. <laughs> I do it all. It's all in-house now. Right. No, no contracting out. No, it's just me. Just me and my own. It's a one-man band. Right. It's just sad, you know, because uh, at one stage you know, they were up to. Uh, they were up to four pulpits in the... I, I did very little work. I spent most of my time in bed, you know, and sent the pulpits out. Actually, this is a serious point, because I've got a bit of a vision about uh, uh, my career, sometimes when I lie in bed thinking about it. Uh, one of my ideas is, uh, is to become... It's but this might sound... Uh, sort of a bit snooty and arrogant at first, but it's not, it's not, and you have to listen to the whole thing. My idea is to become so successful, such a famous comedian, that I spawn a series of Paul Foot tribute acts, pe- people who make a living doing a Paul Foot act. But then, I then fake my own death for tax reasons. Then I return as a Paul Foot tribute act. But I'm not necessarily the most successful of the Paulfoot tribute acts. I'm like maybe the fourth on the list that they'd call. And there are others who are earning far more money than me doing the Paulfoot tribute act. I'm like the lower down. And so I've become simultaneously a recipient and victim of my own success. I mean, it's certainly going in the right direction of becoming one of the most successful and famous comedians. Well, already I've become highly successful on this podcast, or second time on the podcast. I know. I mean, I'm the, I'm the most successful comedian on this podcast. And for a while, about five years ago, I was the most successful British comedian within Denmark. <laughs> but, uh, is that your full CV? That is the full <laughs> CV. <laughs> That's where it falls apart, you see, because when I say Denmark, I'm exaggerating slightly. It was mainly Aarhus, which is... Um, <laughs> when you went to uh, Copenhagen, there were other more successful British ones, but within Aarhus, I was the most successful. I would go back every year, and there was a big post of me, Paul Foot, and uh, I-, I liked the, uh, n- the name they could... It said eccentric comedian, like eccentric but with risk at the end. Extent risk. And that's, I think, a good summary of my career. Why do you think you connected so well with the people of Aarhus? Well, I think it was the fact that no-one else went. (laughs) (laughs) I I was the only British one who who bothered going there. Because you had to go to Aarhus, you had to normally fly to Copenhagen, then it was four hours at Copenhagen Airport, then on to Aarhus... No one else was prepared to make that journey, but I was because I like uh, flying in aeroplanes and I like to 
to go as many I don't like it when you just go straight there because it's boring I like to go up in the sky and then down and then up again like I'm going to New York next week and I specifically gave instructions that I didn't want to just fly straight to New York so I'm going via Paris on the way there and via Boston on the way back because it's more exciting more fun isn't it mm. it takes longer mm. <laughs> this is why I'm one of the most successful comedians in places uh, where there are no Direct connections. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I like about my career is that uh, I operate on the peripheries of the industry. Right. Uh, 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 and yet I'm relatively commercially successful. Right. What's been your biggest success? Um, my biggest uh, success <laughs> has been. <laughs> it's an impossible question to answer, isn't it? You can't answer that question. I mean, I've either got, it's a, I've either got to answer it in a serious way <laughs> and say it's one of my biggest success is the fact that I make a living from what I love. <laughs> or, <laughs> or I have to make a joke answer <laughs> and say something, or it could be a callback answer, like, my biggest success is... Uh, uh, performing in uh, Lyon, to which there are no direct flights. <laughs> sort of thing. Uh, either way, I'm on a ter- it's a terrible question to answer. This is, this is the, it's a good question. I'm not saying it wasn't a good question. I'm just saying it's a difficult question to answer. That's the reason why I prefer to stay behind the cupboard on the stairs, metaphorically. <laughs> I don't like to appear in public much. <clears throat> well, we're very happens. poor. This is what happens. You get asked the awkward questions. <laughs> What's your big success? My biggest success in many ways is that I've managed to steer my way through these, that question. Well, <laughs> my biggest success is that I was asked that question and it became awkward. And it became clear that I didn't know what the answer was. But that I'm still here fighting. Well done. Well, listen, thank you very, very much for coming back to our podcast. You're performing every night at the Underbelly. What time's your show again? Remind us. It's half past seven in the morning. Half in, the e- in the evening. In the evening. In the evening. Half past seven. Really do please get along to see that show. And Rob Beckett, go and see Rob as well. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul Foot and Rob Beckett, thank you very much indeed, guys. Ah, oh, fantastic. There's nothing worse than shows and publications jumping on the bandwagon of things, but my next guest is high on life after making the Foster's Comedy Awards shortlist. She's been described as one of comedy's true originals all the way from Australia. It is Claudia O'Doherty, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. Good. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you very much. How does it feel being nominated for the Foster's Comedy Award? It does feels it feel good? unreal, but it also feels really right. Yeah? Mm. <laughs> yeah. What's your favourite part about coming to Edinburgh? Um, uh, the sausage sandwiches. Really? They're, they're everywhere and they're quite cheap. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. And whereabouts are you from in Australia? Sydney, Where? Australia. Do they not do a good sausage sandwich there? No, we're terrible at them there. Really? Mm. Why is that? Is that because people are generally healthier? Um, no, I don't know. I guess we're just more focused on other things like having nice lives and going to the beach. <laughs> 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 yeah, very true. Very true. It's, you know, you grow up in this country, you tend to grow up indoors, but in Australia you grow up outdoors. Yeah, it's better. Yeah. 
Yeah. What's happened since the nominations? Has your phone been ringing red hot and have you, all these people going, well, where the fuck have you been for the last few years? You know, or um, nothing no. changed? No, no. I, like, I haven't had many, like, vengeful feelings or anything right. like that. But um, I, I got, I've had a chest infection. Oh, no. That's pretty much it. Ah. And have you thought about, uh, you know, maybe winning it or do you not want to go into those sort of thoughts in your head? I'm pretty sure I won't win it. Uh, but that's all right. All of the nominees are friends of mine, so it's exciting. Oh, right, okay, yeah. that's cool. It'll be a nice yeah. party. Except for... Else. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your show about? What's this award-nominated show about? It's about show? a suicidal monk from the 15th century <laughs> who uh, commits suicide at the beginning. Okay. And then a convict washerwoman witnesses it through a time-travelling telescope. Oh, right. Okay. And that is the show. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I'm not joking. That is literally what it is about. Come along. You'll love it. So you tell that story just, is it just you talking? Do you have any, any I play every visual? single character in the show. Okay. Um, and I mean, that sounds terrible, but I do know that. That that sounds like a terrible show. Um, and that's kind of the point. So don't worry, everybody. It's fine. Everything's going to be fine. Right, well, can you stick with us? We've got some more guests to bring on. Are you okay it to stick with us? It would be an honour. Thank that you. Would be, yeah, great. Well, thank you very much. Claudio Docti, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, 13 years as a sex shop worker in Portland, Oregon. Hmm. Uh, my next guest blends comedy, reality, family, and pornography. It's the vivacious and voracious Christine Levine, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Hi, do you know each other? No, you know we've never other? met. Oh, it's nice Hi. to meet. Christine, nice I think we're going to be best friends. <laughs> right. Now, uh, Christine, how are you? Tell how, How's it going? Um, it's going great. Um, I'm losing my voice. Okay. Is I'm that good. because too many late nights or is it because you shout a lot in your show? No, I don't do either. I mean, I haven't even had your famous Scottish blow yet. I haven't done any. No drugs, no smoking. I haven't. I've been really, really good. I just, I don't know what the hell's going on with me. Have you been to the Fringe before? No, this is my first time. So how are you finding the discipline of like the daily show discipline thing? Are oh, you enjoying it's, that? it's wicked. No. Yeah. No, I'm not enjoying it. It's awful. It's just, it's like, I mean, oh my God, every night my butt cheeks clench. Every night around 10 o'clock, I'm like, ah, what's going to happen? So no, it's, it's, um, very, is that what time your show is? Yeah, well, it's like 10.15. Right, okay. But yeah, so by about 10, 10 o'clock, I feel like somebody's going to come and fucking come grab me and take me up to the gallows and hang me. That's yeah. how I feel. All right, okay. So I take a lot of Valium. Right. And wine. Is that Drink helping? Some wine. Is that oh, helping? yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally helping. I'm on it right now. I'm fine. Yeah. See? <laughs> Doing great. Breege from our office is a, a lovely uh, lady uh, in her early 50s, and she came to see your oh. show. And um, she was quite shocked and surprised. Yes. It's, it's, it's quite near the knuckle, one might say. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, what sort of areas are you covering in your show? Um, well, you know, it's a family show, it's about, uh, <laughs> it's about children. And, um, uh, you know, porn. And uh, there's a, a, a death in it and uh, attempted suicide, abortion. I discuss Scottish laws on rape. Those are interesting. Right. Yeah. Anyway, okay. so, you know, it's fun. Yeah. And it's <laughs> keep it light. <laughs> yeah, keeping it light. How have audiences been reacting to your show? Because oh you do God. take it. I mean, you do really push it, you know. Okay. So, and have All you right. had anyone walk out? Oh, God. <laughs> 
Yes, yeah. they do. They walk out. I don't know. Um, I, it's, I'm also in a very posh venue. You know, I'm in the assembly rooms. So it's. Uh, I have chandeliers in my room. My show is called Fat Whore. You'd right. think that that would keep some people out, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. I don't know why they're fucking coming. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> and are you enjoying the, all the walking around Edinburgh, all the hills, getting fit? Oh, getting God. Fit? Look at me. Look at this. I am a sack of jello right now. I've lost so much weight. When I got here, I was actually fat. Right. And now I'm just, yeah. oh, I'm just going to call the show a whore now. Yeah. That's it. Orgy time. Well, listen, um, if you want to test yourselves uh, in a comedic sense, I, you, I recommend that you go and see Christine Levine's show, uh, Fat Whore. It is fun. Yeah. Thought, I, it goes dark. But... It goes dark, absolutely. Well, Fat Whore is on at Studio <laughs> 2 at the Assembly Rooms every night at 10.15. Give up for Christine Levine, ladies um, and gentlemen. Stay with us. Okay, our next guest is in Casablanca the gin joint cut at the Gilded Balloon at 5.15 until the 27th. He's possibly best known in Scotland anyway as Bobby the Barman in Still Game. It's Gavin Mitchell, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, How are you, sir? Oh, nothing a bullet wouldn't fix. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is it that bad? Well, you know, it's... I know you... It's... No, I'm... You know, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon doing yeah. the fringe, but Jesus, oh, this final week. I mean, you start your first week in kind of fruit-based drinks like wine <laughs> and kind of breakfast beers. And then the second week you move on to hard liquor and then by the last week it's just the skag, really. <laughs> Which I find very Moorish. <laughs> but I'm staying in Leith, so when in Rome... <laughs> Absolutely. You do look, you pl you, the Casablanca, the gin joint cut, you do look like Humphrey Bogart. We both have a face like a bag of spanners, yes, if that's your point. <laughs> no, you re it's uncanny, really, that your resemblance to him, I think. Um, I never really realised it till I get cast, to be honest, and then they took a picture by accident, and it was only then that everybody went, well, you obviously do Humphrey Bogart, but it never really, nobody had remarked before, so... Right. How's, no. How is the show? How, what, tell us about, what's it, what, what is it, the gin it's, joint cut? It's a kind of homage kind of spoof. I mean, we take fun of the smoking ban. Um, we also tell you facts about the movie. Uh, and we make a virtue out of three actors trying to do the whole of Casablanca, basically, in an hour. Right. Um, so it, we kind of teeter between, it's kind of chaos. It's like a swan, you know, it looks sort of beautiful to look at, but it's crazy underneath sort of thing. So between the three of us, we have great fun. Uh, but we still do it with love and from the heart, so the, the real moments are still there and the plot's still there. Um, but you come away hopefully knowing more about the movie, and you're, you're kind of aware that you're playing with the family jewels, really, that yeah. people love the film so much. You know, We've had people who have uh, dated, it was their first date 50 years ago, have come to see it, you know, so they're holding hands and in tears and stuff, so you're kind of aware that it's, it means a lot, you can't really mess about with it. It's like much. my show. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to change the name of mine to Baggy Faced Whore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Now, do you, you're, you are well known in Scotland, certainly, for your mm. character in Still Game. I mean, is that something that's helped you out, or is it annoying? I mean, um, it can be annoying if you're standing in the street arguing with your girlfriend, like last Saturday, and people want a picture, yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Any plans of any more of that, do you know? Oh, every day. Somebody asks you at the moment, no. The, the guys, as far as I know, still aren't talking, although some of them are here. Paul and Greg are doing the Wicker Man down at the right. assembly rooms. Um, so I've seen the boys. I keep in touch with anybody. I have fallen out with no one. Right. Um, so Ford and Greg aren't talking? Um, well, there, there was a kind of fallout between everybody, you know, right. but um, who knows? Never say never, you know. Yeah. I mean, if... Uh, Steps can reform. <laughs> Anything can happen. Yeah, brilliant. Well, listen, thanks for We're out of time. Gavin Mitchell, thank you very much. Thank Casablanca, you. the gin joint cut is at the Gilder Balloon at 5.15. Get along and see it. And thanks also to Christine, um, your show. We've said that at the Assembly Rooms and Claudio Doherty. 7.45 at the Underbelly Cowgate. Thank you so much, everybody, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks very much indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for everyone on the panel today. <laughs> So the other day on the podcast, we were chatting to Laurence Olivier award-winning actor Matthew Kelly, and he told me that his favourite act at the Fringe this year was Foil, Arms and Hog. So naturally, we got them on the show. They are smashing it up at the Underbelly this year. Please welcome to the stage to perform a sketch for us, Foil, Arms and Hog. Thank you for calling. The Samaritan's Helpline. <laughs> we are here to listen to whatever problems you may have, big or small, and never judge. <laughs> Samaritan's Helpline is here for you. Calls cost eight pounds per minute. Samaritan. Hello, Samaritans. Uh, sorry about the delay there. Uh, to whom am I speaking? Um, 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 Michael. All right, yeah. What can I do for you, Big Mickey? Um... Well, it's just I, I was bullied a lot in school, you know, uh-huh, and yeah. uh, well, well, I know it was a long time ago, uh-huh. uh, but I, I never really got over it. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, okay, all right, uh, it happens to an awful lot of people, Mick. Uh, can right. I ask, uh, when the bullying took place, yeah, were you yeah, in prim- Bullying? Yeah. Bullying, bu- yeah. yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. Was it in primary school or maybe it was later on when you were in, in secondary school? Oh, you huh? know, it was St. DeSumter's secondary school. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, I know it well up by the green, yeah? Yeah. yeah I know it well, buddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what year did you graduate, huh? 2000. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, what, 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 what's, your, what's your second name, Mick? Uh, Dunphy. <laughs> um... I'm, I'm sure that you were bullied by quite a, quite a lot of kids back in the No, school. no, it was just this one guy. <laughs> I mean, just, just one, 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 one guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he, he probably wasn't that bad. No, he? no, no, he was the bastard. Yeah? Yeah, he was the devil himself. <laughs> yeah, every day without fail, he used to confiscate my shoes. Really? Yeah, and then he used to stand on my toes and say, run, little man, run. But, but I couldn't run. He, he, he was standing on my toes. Oh, yes. yes. But, but, but right, Michael, that, that, um, that was a long time ago, Mick. You know, I, I'm sure that uh, whoever this, this person is, you know, they, they, they would just want to apologise for, for whatever wrongs they might have done to you. Oh, you know? yeah, you no, know, it's too late for apologies. Uh, I just want revenge. Sorry, what? Uh, sorry, revenge. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I, I, I heard you, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, but Michael, <laughs> look, I've worked in this business a long time. Yeah, yeah. You, you need to trust me, okay? Because uh-huh. revenge, all right? Revenge. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it, it's not going to make you feel any better, you know? Well, listen, I, I did some small things, and that made me feel great. <laughs> you what? Well, I slashed all his tires. You did what? Yeah, and I did a big poo on his doorstep. <laughs> you, you... Yeah, and I glued a cast to his window. You... 
What? Yeah, and, and I stepped on his doorstep as well. Yeah, take it. <laughs> yeah, and, okay. and then I did a little dance. Right. So unrelated. You know, okay. I, I ran into a tree, but, you know, again, unrelated, but, you know, still important to the narrative. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Michael, this is pretty weird stuff you're hitting me with here. I, I, look, I, I just think you should just back off. Just forget about the revenge stuff. You know, okay. you're going to be a whole lot happier. Yeah, you know? You're right. You're right. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to do this one last thing and then I'm done. So, it's, it's, what, what do you mean one well, last thing? I, I followed him to work today. You did what? Yeah, yeah. I'm in the building. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> He doesn't know. <laughs> what are you doing in the building, Michael? I've got a gun. you got a what? Yeah, I'm going to shoot him. you got a what? what? No, no. <laughs> going to shoot him in the head? Wait, no, no. Shoot him in the feet? <laughs> go, Ooh, remember those? Yeah. Okay, Michael, Michael, just, just, just take it easy, buddy. You, you don't want to do this, okay? Well, I'm, I'm coming up in the lift right now. You're coming up yeah. with a what? I've got grenades and everything. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm surrounded in pins. <laughs> I'm literally <laughs> swimming in pins. <laughs> Michael, stop, okay? Yeah. Just listen to me for a second, okay? Yeah. okay? Look, I'm really sorry, Michael, but it was me, okay? I bullied you all those years ago at school. Huh? Like, Jesus Christ, Michael, I didn't mean it. I was a kid, okay? Look, please don't hurt me, Michael, please don't hurt me. <laughs> I got you, Steve, it's me! Dave, you arsehole! Thank you very much. Thank you very much, guys. Foil arms and hogs, ladies and gentlemen, at the Underbelly at Cowgate, 10.30, get along to the show. Thanks to all our guests on the show. We had Piff the Magic Dragon, we had Rob Beckett, we had Paul Foot, uh, Christine Levine, uh, Claudio Doherty, Gavin Mitchell, and Foil arms and hog, ladies and gentlemen. I've been Richard Melvin. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, and we'll see you next time. Cheers, thank you. The E4 Underbelly podcast was a Dabster production in association with Screen High and The Underbelly.